0: of October called Divine Urgings. And what this series is about is uh, the the Word of God through the Apostle Paul, through Jesus, through the different men and women of God who are encouraging us and who are urging us in different areas of our lives to rise up and serve Jesus, to rise up and be accountable to God and to do the best we can to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to continue on tonight. i preached a sermon several years ago that was called the lego life and it was dealing with connecting and being together and this sermon tonight i'm going to take a bunch of that information because for this this week and it calls with uh concerning an, an harmonious mindset in other words uh, striving and wanting to be in one accord and in one heart and in one mind and it has to do with connecting to one another the importance of connection and in the sermon I preached several years ago uh, I used the, the uh, history of the man who invented the Lego his name was Oleg Christensen he was a carpenter who lived in Denmark he started a woodworking trade in 1924 and he made household products Out of wood, and so that was his business. That's how he started a few years later uh, His business burned down and during that time uh, when the business burnt down it killed his two young sons in that fire Uh, He rebuilt his business only to have another fire burn it down now you would think that these events would probably cause a lot of people to say you know what I'm done I'm not doing this anymore that these tragedies would have probably stopped most people from wanting to continue on and try again. But in 1947, Oleg Christensen decided to make toys from plastic. So he bought a plastic injection molding machine, and the rest is history. Legos were born. Now, I've got this, I, I built this, I believe... I've, I've done a couple of different things with the Lego, and I built this for this sermon, and it's in my office. My granddaughter loves to play with it. In fact, she's dropped it a couple of times. And so you can well imagine that uh, all the pieces that come apart. But when you look at this, um, there are so many pieces involved in putting this space shuttle together. And so what Oleg uh, Christensen did was he devoted the rest of his life obviously, to uh, making toys for kids, as well as his commitment in serving Jesus Christ. Uh, He held prayer meetings before every uh, workday he got with his employees, and uh, they prayed before work. And so you can go to the store, Target, or wherever it is, and you can find a box of Legos, and you'll find every color, every shape, every size, Uh, and and, and all that's involved, square, flat shapes, etc., and so on. And they're all made to do one thing. They are all made to connect to one another. They are all made to join one another to cause uh, something to be formed. And so uh, you and I need to understand, just like these pieces that connect from top to bottom, from side to side, Aside, that's exactly what God wants you and I to do as Christians. He wants us to connect to one another so that we can establish uh, number one, uh, God's dominion and authority during these days in which we live. So I entitled this message, uh, Developing Harmony Connecting Together. And my text is out of the book of Romans. Out of the book of Romans, Paul the Apostle, in chapter number 15, and starting with verse 30. If you have your Bibles, uh, you can go ahead and connect uh, with us, uh, and so we can read our scripture as the Apostle Paul is speaking to the church at Rome. He says these words, that starting with verse 30. Now I urge you, brothers, By our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may be rescued from those who are disobedient in Judah, and that my service for Jerusalem may prove acceptable to the saints, so that I may come to you in joy by the will of God and find refreshing and rest in your company. Now the God of peace be with you all. And then he closes by saying, Amen. And so what Paul is doing here is he's urging, he is is begging the, the people in Rome to pray with him, to be unified with him, and uh, to connect with him in praying to God so that uh, there might be, unity, and he speaks about love, and he speaks about joy, and he speaks about the will of God, and love in the Spirit of God, and so I want to look with you first of all this evening at the love connection, the love connection, you know, uh, uh, the past 10, 15 years, there have been so many people who have been looking and searching for love through the internet, And they look for a Christian mingle online or Christian couples online or uh, even, you know, all so many different dating types of services because they're looking for love. And they want a love connection. Well, when you and I need to understand tonight as we come into the house of God and as we worship the Lord, there is a greater love connection taking place than the world could ever offer, and it's a Jesus-love connection. It's a love connection that we can have in us through Christ that would cause us to connect to one another, to love one another, and to encourage one another. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus speaks about this love connection in chapter 22. And in verse 37, He speaks these words. So important, this love connection that we as Christians tap into and allow to be a main part of who we are. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we understand this evening that we, we love ourselves, we take care of ourselves, we clothe ourselves, we feed ourselves, we make sure that we give ourselves whatever things that would make us feel happy and make us feel good about ourselves. So we're people who do take care of ourselves. But here as we read this scripture, Jesus is speaking and says, there, is, there are no greater commandments than these are to love God with all your soul, mind, heart, and strength. And then Jesus says, as we connect with God, as we have that love connection with God, that we would be able to successfully connect and be in harmony, as it were, with each other. Why? So we can help each other reach our destinies, their destinies. It's, we're not in this by ourselves, just like this space shuttle. And uh, those involved in building the different aspects of the real space shuttle and those who are preparing to actually go to Mars and do it again. So many people involved in connecting together to accomplish a mission and uh, to get this rocket to the moon, as it were then, and then eventually to Mars. It's the same way with us. That Jesus says when we connect with God, have that love connection, and we don't allow anything to get in the way of that love connection, then it would facilitate, make it easy for us to be able to connect and to love one another. And like these Legos, doesn't matter what shape you are, what size you are, what color you are, uh, that that comes out of the so-called box, they are all made to be joined together the background, etc., and so on, our age, our social status, makes no difference at all. God wants us to connect to one another. So, so important. We have been designed by God through His Son, Jesus Christ, to connect to Him and to one another. That's what discipleship is all about. Discipleship is a connecting toward one another. The very foundation and the basis of if there's ministry involved, if there's friendships are involved, are to be connected to one another. So important. He told Peter, after he spoke to him in John chapter 21 and verse 17, do you love me? And he asked him three times, we understand the process. There on the seashore, Peter do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? And Peter got frustrated because Jesus kept asking him, is there a love connection? Are you in this because you love me, or are you in this for yourself? And Peter says, you know I love you, Lord. And then what does Jesus tell Peter? Then go feed my sheep. Then go connect with my people so that they can be in one heart and one mind and in harmony, like-minded, with you together. Together with me. And that's what this is all about as we have church. As we come together, it's about loving one another, having that love connection. Start connecting with people around you. Start encouraging them, helping them, love them, build them up in the Word of God. I have someone every day who sends me uh, scriptures, texts me scriptures every day. And you don't know how encouraging that is to have someone connect with you, just to say, hey, have an amazing day. There are different people that do that. Here's a scripture for you. And it builds us up. And in this generation today, we have so many ways to connect. Not only here in church, we connect socially through media, the different forms of social outreach. And that's what God intended. That's what He made us for, he created us for. The love connection with Him and the uh, Share that love connection with each other. Give ourselves to people. That's what Jesus was telling people. Peter, give yourself to people. Feed people. Help, love, encourage them. John says that we need to love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Don't you thank God that Jesus first loved us? While well, we were yet dead in our sin and our trespasses, Jesus loved us in spite of what was going on around us. And so we find in Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth, his teaching was no different from the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, knowledge puffs up, but he says, love builds up. You know, we can't pride ourselves in how smart we think we are how much more we have over someone else. Those things, they don't build, they puff. They, they bring a, self, a sense of self-importance. But when we love people the way God loves us, with that godly love, it begins to build people. Don't you love it when someone talks to you and shares with you about, you know what? Good to see you. God bless you. You know, we appreciate you. It's good. Thank you so much for your prayers. That builds people's confidence. It builds people up. Paul writes that God's love is superior even over all the gifts that we may think we have, even over all the, maybe the the godliness, the, the goodness that we think we are and the righteous, how righteous we think we are. Jesus said, you know what? It's like tingling bells. He said, it just makes a bunch of noise. But listen what he says in First Corinthians chapter 13 and verses 1 and 2. Great that you speak in tongues. Awesome when you can prophesy. Amazing that you are a deep thinker and can fathom all the mysteries of life. Fantastic that you have faith that can move mountains. Wonderful that you take care of the poor. But he says, if you don't have love, agape love, God's love, you really don't have anything. And we live in a day and age when people look at themselves, exalt themselves, and are puffed up about who they think they are and what they think they have. When God says, you know what, whatever you've accomplished, whatever you think you've done, doesn't compare to the love of God, the love connection that we can share with people. So we're talking about harmony, connecting to each other through God's love and showing them and, and experiencing that love with one another. God will get his work done, folks. God will accomplish his will. We know that. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. No matter what that is, what that means, it's not going to prevail or be successful against what God is doing. So what I'm saying is, God will build his church, our position, he demands that you and I, as the people of God, strive for excellence in our love relationship with Him and with one another. That's the hard part. That's the part that He says is critical. And when we do that, there are going to be results. We'll see the results, not only in our lives, but in the lives that we connect with. We're going to start seeing some things. Number one, there's going to be unity in that harmonious mindset. I urge you, Paul was saying in in, in Romans, that we be harmonious, like-minded. And when we do that, there's going to be strength in the people of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9 gives us that understanding concerning how harmony, unity brings strength. It says there in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falls. For he has not another to help him up. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily or quickly broken. You see, there's power. There are results when we, when we strive together with God's love to connect to each other. Not only harmony, but strength begins to take place. Productivity begins to take place. We can accomplish things together. And it's more difficult for the enemy to come in and destroy there's a proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. You know, we're not in this by ourselves. We're not in this to see what we can accomplish just for ourselves. If you want to go fast, get someplace fast, well then, go by yourself. But if you want to accomplish more, if you want to go further then connect. It's like a relay race. The relay race involves more than one runner. And there's a connection that takes place between these different legs uh, of, this, uh, of this run, 400 yards, uh, you know, 440, whatever the case might be, mile, whatever it is. They can go the distance because there's more than one guy running. That's what happens when you're in harmony, church with one another and you strive to put aside the pettiness, put aside the little junk that gets involved and he said and she said and begin to love each other. Strength begins to happen. We can go further together. <laughs> connecting, listen, connecting makes difficult tasks easier. Isn't that true? Dad, you know, if you have kids, you have to clean up the yard, you have to paint the house, do something. You by yourself, man, it's a lot of work. It takes forever. But when you get the kids involved, help clean the house or paint or do whatever, things begin to become easier. Helps us to reach the intended destination and in goal. That's what the church is about. Not about just a one-man show, but it's about us together, reaching people, accomplishing the will of God. There, there's that illustration concerning the geese, you see, and it's on this PowerPoint. And uh, here's what it says about that. Geese in a V formation, when they fly in that formation, if we have that, I'm not sure, it adds 72% to their range than if one geese was to fly by themselves. So think about that. When they fly together in that formation, they can go 72% farther than just one geese or goose by themselves. So think about us. When we pull together and we work and labor and connect to each other, we support one another, we can accomplish more than we do by ourselves. We can reach more people than we can by ourselves. We work together to battle against the enemy than we can by ourselves because There is strength in uh, numbers, winning souls, reaching people. Not only when there's harmony, do we see unity and strength, but then we are able to be involved in greater opportunities, greater outreach opportunities, greater evangelistic opportunities. You know, uh, some of the events that we've had here in Norwalk, have not been a one-man show, but they've been a working of people together to accomplish a lot. And through that, new opportunities have opened up. It's, It's important this evening that we're able to identify right opportunities. You know, thank God that we're able to work together. We have leaders here in this church that we can discuss with and um, we can talk about different things we'd like to accomplish as a church, as a ministry, as, a, as, a, as an outreach. And when we are able to talk to each other and bounce ideas off of each other, you get new ideas. You, 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 you get to have new insight that's coming in. Proverbs chapter 27. And in verse uh, 17, it says, Just as iron sharpens iron, Friends sharpen the minds of each other. So what does that mean? It means when we connect together, opportunities will come our way, and when we have good friends, good counseling folks that we can bounce ideas off of, how many know there's a protection there? Well, you know, maybe you, I would pray about that one a little bit more. You know, maybe that wouldn't be such a good idea. Or, you know what, yeah, I think that's good. Let's pray about it but at least we're in it together. And that's so important. That's why God doesn't want us to be on our own, but he wants us to work and connect so that we can have greater opportunities, making right choices, keeping us from the pitfalls of life. So, so important. And also, when we have a harmonious mindset and we connect to one another, What it does is it develops a commitment to each other. We're not in this battle alone. And so when we commit to one another, we're praying for one another. We're praying for opportunities for a brother or a sister or a couple, a marriage, some kids. We connect and uh, we're developing uh, commitments during special times, uh, uh, more difficult times like we're facing now. Difficult times when we're able to help each other pray about things, pray about our families, our jobs, our finances. Look, can you help me pray? And, you know, I'm going through this and the other. We connect, and uh, we can commit ourselves to each other. That's strength, folks. That's power. God doesn't want us to be isolated, doesn't want us to be by ourselves, but he wants us to connect and to encourage uh, one another. Um, I think about Ruth and Naomi. We know the story. Uh, During the time there in the the book of Ruth, chapter number one, we know where there's a famine taking place. Uh, uh, Husbands have died. Ruth's husband, Naomi's husband, the the, the sisters, everybody's dying. And there's, there's like a famine, disease going on. Difficult times are happening. But Naomi tells the girls, Ruth, the other, leave, go away. You can't do anything to help me. I'm by myself now. You have no husbands. Go and make a life for yourself. But we know the story how Ruth spoke to Naomi and said, No, no, wait a minute. You've helped me. You've fed me. You have encouraged me during difficult times and now I'm not leaving you either. In chapter number 1 and verse 16, listen to Ruth's cry. Listen to her heart as she understands the commitment when we're in something together. She says, don't force me to leave you. Don't make me go home to my homeland. Where you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people, Naomi, now will be my people. Your God, Naomi, now is my God. Wherever you die, that's where I'm going to be buried also. So help me God, not even death itself is going to come between us. Wow, what a commitment to one another. During difficult times, this is what God has for us as a church, as a, a, a group of, of, of people, of churches, uh, that God wants us during difficult times, put those things aside, but let's commit to one another because when we do that, it intensifies. It, it strengthens our obligation to one another. I'm not in this for myself. I'm in it with you You're not in this for yourselves. You're in it with us together as New Harvest Christian Fellowship, Norwalk. That's who we are. And when we understand that commitment, we understand that accountability to one another, it defeats selfish self-promotion. It destroys and exposes selfish self-exaltation. I told this story about a little boy who went to the dentist. And he came to the dentist and he said, he had a tooth that needed to be pulled and that he was in a hurry. And he had some important things he had to do. This is what he told the dentist. And he said, I don't have time for painkillers. Just pull the tooth. The dentist looked at the little boy and he says, man, you are one brave little boy. Show me the tooth. So the little boy called his friend from the other room, Jimmy, come in and show him your tooth. You see, that guy was in it for himself. He didn't care how much pain was going to be caused to his friend because he had things he had to do. You see, that's not connecting to one another That's not being into the difficult times for each other. That's being selfish. God doesn't want us to be selfish looking out for ourselves, but he wants us to have that love connection with him so that we can begin to connect and be committed to one another. Why? Because when you have the love connection to God, to Jesus, guess what it does? Causes us to put other people first. For God so loved the world that what he gave, his only begotten son, that whomsoever would believe in him would not perish but come to everlasting life. When you have that love connection with God, there's harmony taking place. God's connection is there. There's commitment intensified to one another. What happens is now we automatically start, instead of looking eyeballs inward, eyeballs go outward. And we start to look at other people. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12 and in verse 10, be kindly affectionate. There's that word affection. Love to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. See, when you have a love connection with God, with Jesus, no longer becomes about a one-man show. No longer is about me or, or about my, 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 my reputation. But now, it's about others. And how can I help them? What can I do to encourage them? How can I pray for Them? How can I prefer them over my own needs or over who I am or even my own reputation? Someone said, Behind every able man, there are always other able men. See, we're not in this together. And when one is successful, we are all successful. The Apostle Paul says that we are members of one body, but in that body, there are many members. We are connected to each other, but we don't all have the same function. And so it's so critical and important that we understand that when we strive to be in unity, it's no longer about me, myself, and I, but now it's about others and helping other people first. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2, As I wind this down, in verse 3, he speaks to this church, and he says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind or in your thinking, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. See, that's what builds the church. People can tell whether you're in this just so you can make me look good and meet my needs, or, hey, I care about you. I want to help you. I want to encourage you. What can I do to to help you serve the Lord? What can I do to pray for you in that area of your life? Because it's not about me, but it's about helping you. Look not only for your own interest, but for the interest as of others. So we should not only use all the brains that we have, but all the brains that we can borrow to help each other reach destiny, to help each other accomplish the will of God. And when we do that, as our music team makes their way up, when you can connect, we're not just surviving. We're not just trying to make it through. But we are thriving. There is multiplication taking place because there's a harmonious mindset happening. In Acts chapter 2, the last verse I'm going to uh, read. Acts chapter 2 and verse 47 talks about the early church. The power behind the early church. The success behind the early church. Listen. It says they followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple. Followed by meals at home. Meals of celebration, exuberant and joyful. As they praise God, people in general liked what they saw. Every day their number grew as God added to those who were saved. See, it's not about surviving. It's about thriving. As we reach out, pick up the phone, send an email, connect to one another and say, Hey, how's it going? I miss you. We're praying for you. What that begins to do is let people know someone really does care. Someone really does miss me and they know who I am. Partnership, connecting. Yes, there may be those who decide to disconnect, float away, do whatever they're going to do. But that doesn't stop accomplishing the purpose and the will of God. Because I want to tell you something here this evening. There are so, so many people uh, who are searching to connect, looking for love, yeah, in all the wrong places, but they're searching to be a part of something in our city Outside of our cities, in our workplaces, in our schools, however that happens. There are people who want to belong to something bigger than themselves. And what better place to come to than in the house of God. To connect with the love of God, with Jesus Christ, and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to transform their lives. Harmonious mindset. Paul says, I urge you, brothers, let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who didn't think of himself to be exalted above others, but who humbled himself and came in the form of a servant. That's what God has for us as we bow our hearts before the Lord this evening as we close our eyes tonight. Thank God. I know we have brothers and sisters who are not here because they are ill, and we know that. And they know we are praying for them, those of you at home who are watching online and you've quarantined yourself and you're staying away. We're praying with you. We haven't disconnected. We still love you. We care about you. We pray for you every day here in this church. And this evening, if you are watching online, be assured that you're not alone. You're not alone. We will rejoice in that day when you're able to join us again and you feel comfortable in doing that. God bless you when that time happens tonight maybe you're watching and you're not a part of the family of God maybe you're a backslider and maybe tonight you kind of saw the illustration of the Lego and connecting to to the plan of God for your life because God has a plan for your life there's a reason for you being born there's a reason for you today tonight to be where you're at. Maybe it's not a good place that you feel you're at. Maybe it's a difficult thing you're going through. But you see, the good thing is tonight, you don't have to go through it by yourself. You can connect with someone here at this church. You can go online and I guarantee you, someone will be there to connect with you and pray with you. Maybe here in our building tonight, You don't know Jesus. You've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin. Maybe you backslid. And tonight, as we always do, give an opportunity for someone to come back to Jesus or to accept him for the very first time. Your opportunity here tonight, if that's you, maybe as a guest, or maybe as someone who has come off and on, we want to give you this opportunity to ask Jesus to come into your life. So if that's you this evening, as our heads bowed for a few moments and our eyes are closed, you at home, same thing. Maybe you want to give Jesus your life tonight. Surrender to the Son of God. Would you lift your hand here in the sanctuary or at home? You can repeat a prayer. We're going to be praying in a few moments. Would you do that right now? You say, here, Jesus today, I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins. I need a miracle in my life. Just lift your hand up and put it right back down. And we'll say a prayer with you here this evening. Anyone this evening, we love you. God loves you. We care about you. At home, wherever you are, watching online, we'll say a prayer with you also. In Jesus' name. Let's say this prayer for those who may be watching online. Would you repeat with me and just say, Jesus... I accept you as my personal Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Redeemer. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I accept you tonight as my personal Savior, the Son of God. Jesus Christ I thank you tonight and I give you glory and I give you honor in Jesus name Amen if you said that prayer tonight Jesus loves you, your sins have been forgiven it had been washed away by the blood that he shed on Calvary's cross over 2,000 years ago and tonight you are a new creation in Christ Jesus scripture tells us All things are passed away. Now behold, all things become new. And that's you here tonight. Brand new if you said that prayer. Praise the Lord.